Hello and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. Could I trip over my tongue anymore? We'll find <laughs> out in this episode. Uh, I'm Simone Rochefort. I'm here tonight with Christina Warren, Senior Tech Correspondent at Mashable.com, and Brianna Wu, Head of Development at Giant Space Cat. Hello, ladies. <laughs> welcome to the show. <laughs> oh. I love it when you sing. <laughs> I know, that's why I'm <laughs> dropping my album tonight. You're going to pull a Beyonce and just drop it in the middle. <laughs> yes, night. except my album is really just all the video recordings that I've done of myself singing Hamilton a cappella in the car. Amazing, um, amazing. Uh, well, which again, God, what if Beyonce covered Hamilton? Uh, oh my God. Think about it. Think about it. What if Beyonce, like when she does the Super Bowl, what if she did a Hamilton like riff? How great would that, that be? That would be acceptable. I would decease. I've been having a, like, because the show is going on tour, and I've been thinking uh, they released, they do this thing called Ham for Ham, where they go out yeah. uh, after the show and perform for people that are, you know, fans that are waiting. And they did a version where the ladies of the cast did one of the songs that the guys usually sing. And I have been thinking ever since about what it, how amazing it would be if they cast some of the, the main roles, like Hamilton, uh, Lawrence Lafayette, as women on the touring show and it would be so good it would be so good you guys i would die um, i would die that would end me yep now you know now you know how simone's 2016 is gonna go looking at <laughs> hamilton casting news and just like slowly melting into a pile of goo and of course when I audition and get the role of Hamilton himself, mm -hmm. uh, we'll really the, we'll have to talk about what's going to happen to the show. I mean, I'll be on tour probably all summer. Like, I'll win a Tony next year. I think that seems like so. a that's my career be a trajectory. Twenty sixteen for you, definitely. Too. Absolutely, I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. <laughs> Speaking of music, <laughs> um, sorry. Our first topic for the night. Uh, okay. Ooh, wow, Simone. So there are these super, <laughs> super cool earbuds that I just did not do justice in that very uh, wonderful segue. Uh, they're called Here, spelled H-E-R-E. -E, um, and these earbuds are partnering with Golden Voice, which puts on Coachella to offer the earbuds as a different way to enjoy the concerts. And yes. Christina actually talked to these people, so I'm going to let you go into depth about that. But yes. basically, they let you alter the soundscape that you're in by doing things like boosting the bass or cutting out crying baby noises or crowd <laughs> noise. Yep. And you control it all through an app on your phone. And yes. this is awesome. Yeah, no, exactly. So, I mean, it seems weird on the surface. Like, why would you have earbuds, earphones or earbuds in when you're at a live concert? But when you understand what these things are, it actually makes it um, – a lot more compelling so these are not earphones so that's the first thing to know they are wireless they fit inside your ears individually and they're kind of like look a little bit like earplugs but they're they're not bad looking they actually look pretty good um they fit in pretty well but what they do is they are kind of like hearing aids you know they've got like microphones and stuff on the outside and they capture your noise and then they've got these audio processors on each one that can filter out and augment the sound that you're hearing so the idea is basically using the app like like you said you can kind of control your audio experience. So it's kind of like bionic hearing. So if you're using this like in a non-music standpoint, like if you were just using it like out and about, you could tune out maybe crowd noise. Or if you're on an airplane, you could tune out 
like is there a baby on the plane okay well, well we will tune out any of the pitches of like a baby crying and if and if it's like the engine noise we can tune that out if you're on the subway the the the, the you know the subway um noise will be lessened if you're in an office maybe outside chatter or a radiator will be lessened and so um you can also though apply like real-time effects and and eq stuff to what you're hearing so you can add like a preset that, for instance, would add reverb or some echo to things. So when someone's talking to you, like they're right in front of you, and and you suddenly start kind of getting an echoing experience or there's reverb or, you know, there might be like a weird moodscape that's kind of like makes you feel like you're in like on an acid trip or there's like an <laughs> Abbey Road preset that like kind of recreates the wall of sound sort of experience, right? And where everything's just kind of happening around you. What's really cool about this stuff is that it's completely like latency free. I mean, there's probably like some latency, but it's not anything that you can discern. So when you're literally, you know, which is important because if you're like at a concert or if you're talking to somebody in person, you don't want them to say something and then there to be a disconnect between you seeing their lips move and what you're hearing in your ears. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it, it's hard for me to kind of describe the experience except to say it's super freaking cool. Like you've got these earbuds in and literally, you know, you're talking to someone and when you tune it up, like you can just suddenly hear everything a little bit more. If you t- turn it down, everything's a little bit quieter. And then you add these effects and it's like you're getting a completely different oral experience. And they're kind of calling it oral augmented reality. Or, and, cool. and, 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 that's, and that's kind of what it is. It's like augmented reality for your ears. And so what they're doing with Coachella is they're going to have presets set up. Basically, anybody who's attending Coachella will have the opportunity to buy these things. Um, so before they're they come be to market, bucks. right? Before, be, right. Yeah. Um, they're, they're looking to come to market, I think, by like the end of the year. They're still doing some tests. They originally started on Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. This company has made other products before, but they put here on Kickstarter. did really well. It raised $630,000 or something. Um, and they've already shipped to a lot of their Kickstarter backers. They have a really big waiting list for other people. But they're working on still kind of the final consumer product. And what they kind of want to do is they want to get some feedback, you know, from people who are using it at concerts and and in live music experiences because they feel like this is a way where it could really be useful. The technology itself, actually, it's interesting. They didn't set out to make it out like as a medical device or to help the autistic community or anything. But they heard feedback immediately when they put the Kickstarter up from people in those communities who were like, this could be really useful for us. Oh, and so that makes lo- a lot of sense, right? Yeah. Because you think if you're, if you're if you're if you have autism, you know, a lot of times having loud noises and having other things can be really disturbing, right? It can be really an affront. So if you can filter that stuff out and make you know your environment more pleasant, then it could make people's lives a lot easier. And then because of the way they look, you know, even in the medical community, people who are hard of hearing. Because it could be kind of used, you know, as as hearing aids. It doesn't quite have the stigma because it kind of looks cool. It kind of looks futuristic. You know, it doesn't have the social stigma that like a normal hearing aid would have. And it can do so, so much more. And it can so do so much more. Exactly. There, it, precisely. Because maybe your hearing is just that you can't hear certain ranges. Or maybe you have a hard time with certain noises. So if you can filter things out and just focus more on what you were actually trying to get to come in, come through, maybe like you know, things would be better. So that, but that wasn't even their focus. You know, their focus was kind of like augmenting real world experiences and also music. And so um, they have a lot of advisors, including Hans Zimmer and, and Tiesto and, and, and Quincy Jones and all these people who've, who've invested with them who are all about this stuff. Um, but, you know, Golden Voice, when they've basically shown demos to people, this is what the, their, their chairman was telling me, like people are basically like opening up their checkbook and they're like, I want to help you. <laughs> and, and and after seeing the demo, I was kind of like, I don't have any money, but I want these help me. I want <laughs> yeah. to help you. You know what I mean? And so well, it makes a lot of sense, right? Like, I mean, you know, I don't go to like Coachella, but like say UMF 
you know, something like that, like an EDM yeah. show. Like the problem is if you're really, really into the music, it's not a great place to actually appreciate no, it's the not. music. Well, that's right? the thing, like there's you, so much else happening, right? So much is so loud. You can't appreciate so loud. the subtleties. And mm-hmm. that's exactly no, that it. is, that is really, really, really smart because like, I think about this with the movies a lot too, Christina, like, you know, we were talking how, you know, AMC, the, the theater we go to has like installed these really, really nice chairs that you get to like kick back. It's like, you know, you're competing with so much else. So how do you make that experience really special? Well, if it's a movie, like you make a really awesome seat you know if you're going to be out there with live music like you augment it by giving people like more ways to hear the music or tune it to their liking like that's that's awesome and i think you can't say enough here about the power about helping people on the autism spectrum oh i agree i I agree i have i've done um work before with people on the spectrum and it's um it's, it's sometimes like professionally, um, it's, I don't want to say contention, but there's like a push and pull because like I would be editing sound. I'd be like, what do you think of this? And like the person I'd be working with would be hearing high frequencies that bothered them that I mm-hmm. literally could not perceive, you know? It's like, how can we like get this to a point where it's, do you know what I mean? Where we both have the same frame of reference. Yeah, you it? need like so. multiple there, there's so many use cases and you can't cover all of them, but something like right. this could be like a middleman to help people enjoy things in a way that is healthy and safe for them. Yeah. While not, you know, yeah. Yeah. No, it, totally. And I mean, and, and this can also work for like, like ear safety too, you know, because a lot of times at concerts, you know, stuff can get really loud. And so if you have things lowered, um, yeah. if, you, if you have things lower, um, for instance, you know, you can um, make sure that, that you're not going to blow your eardrums out. So right. you, know, you, can My lower, you can lower you can lower the decibels of the concert. So if you're at a really loud venue, you know you're at Coachella, you know you're at a really big stage. You can make sure that the decibels aren't going to be raised to the point where you're going to blow your, your drum, which is something that can happen at shows depending on where you're standing. I mean, I was absolutely I was at I was at a show recently where we were in the front and at the very end, like the um, you know the guy decided to do all this weird stuff with he had some kind of like weird amp stuff like connected mm-hmm. to. Um, the stage and he was just making some really weird noises on it it got really high pitched and really loud and it got to the point that actually like i had to leave a little bit like oh. i had to actually leave i mean the yeah. show was almost over and it was like the last show but he was just doing this thing for like five minutes and it was so high pitched and it was so loud that i was like you know what i can't i, I can't do this i can't be this close yeah. and hearing this like I, I can't i can't do this like my ears are literally gonna die and so you know for a concert experience, being able to lower that, I think, makes a lot of sense. But also what they're excited about is is the idea that people can kind of remix things in their ears. So mm-hmm. when you have these presets, they're actually working with the gut people at Coachella to set up presets that will be set for each stage. So if you're on the, you know, um, if you're, certain stages have different layouts. And so they can make sure that the audio is going to come through a certain way so you can hear it better. And, you know, Tiesto, who will be at Coachella, you know, he could conceivably help them create a preset that will make his music sound even better. And hmm. and he in they, they said that he seemed really excited about the fact that people could kind of remix the experience that they're having. Because on the one hand, you know, you might like think musicians are like, I don't really know if I want people adding reverb or Abbey Road style effects to my songs. But then on the other hand, you know, people are it's kind of remix culture. We all kind of want to hear things the way they hear things. But if you could create a, a sonic a more sonically pleasing experience so that no matter where you're standing you're hearing stuff in a really cool way. I think it could be pretty awesome. So yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, yeah. you know, it bothers me sometimes when you do like, you know, EDM shows, they always pump the bass up really, really, really high. And like with EDM, like a lot of the really interesting stuff happens on the high end. I think we, we have to talk though about the style of these. Yeah. 
I have been waiting desperately for a decent pair of earbuds to come out that like, you know, my, my Beats Power, uh, Power Beat Wireless, you know, yeah, they've I got like the, the, I like them functionally, but I don't like that they've got like this Same. wire that goes around the back. <laughs> I, like, I just want, I just want something to put in my ear that's as minimal as possible. And yeah. I, I don't understand why that's not the most common like um, way to do it these days. I think that's Well, I understand thing. like battery, right? It's and battery is the big one. It, it, battery and latency is sure, the big one. Sure, and again, sure. you know, these these aren't aren't earphones. These 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 sure. are um live listening products. But there are some companies like Dash, I think, is one where they've are basically making like I can't remember the name of the company. It's another Kickstarter company where they have things that look like this, which are basically yeah. like wireless in earbuds that are, that are separate pieces. And that's what's cool about this. And talking to to the, the the co-founder Noah, you know, he was telling me that the design was very important to them. They needed to have it socially acceptable. They're like, we cannot have a Google Glass scenario where mm-hmm. you're going to like be looked down upon or ostracized. Like they're very clear about that. And so these kind of just look like you have any sort of like maybe you have like um, the, the company also makes a product called Dubs, which are basically like uh, acoustic filters. So basically like earplugs for again for kind of people who go to concerts and don't want like to ruin their hearing and and they kind of have that style you know but they just they kind of look like cool plugs and and they're not um they did they didn't look bad they fit in my ears just fine mm-hmm. um they're gonna have three different size tips that they say will fit you know like 95 to 97 percent of people's ears but they're still working really hard on um you know kind of kind of trying to perfect that fit what's smart about it and and what's amazing the engineering from this i have to say is actually truly top-notch and i was truly shocked that they were able to do all of this all the processing takes place in the buds themselves at first i figured that the app was doing it no the app is just a conduit the app is really just a remote control so you could conceivably you know have anything else kind of control that you could do it from a watch eventually you know they were talking about maybe having gesture-based things voice controlled things to control it so all the processing is actually happening in the buds themselves and they're filtering the sound through and then processing it in real time that is incredible Um, like i can't even stress enough how much this is blowing my mind right now Uh, right and and the fact that this is like a real thing like this is a real company like this isn't real bionic ears i mean that's kind of what that that's how the chairman was describing it that the co-founder doesn't really love that title so much (laughs) i think he feels a little creepy by it but i think it's accurate it's totally sorry man these are my robot ears now totally no they're awesome but what's cool about it is that like you get about five hours of battery life they say you know um when they're in your ears despite the fact that they're ble um which is is usually pretty good battery lies and despite the fact that it's got this processor you still get like five hours of battery life but the case that it comes with is ingenious so the case has a battery has like a 10-hour battery built in and they've got these little um uh connectors on them so that when you put them in the case they charge so you can basically you know let them charge for you know like 20 30 minutes and get another five hours (sighs) Um, a, a battery on them. And, and the idea, at least for now, is that you don't wear these all the time, although I think some people probably will want to. You know, you uh, the, the co-founder was saying, oh, you know, this is an episodic thing, you know, so you're not, you're going to want to go to one, you know, uh, you know, see one show at Coachella, you're going to see you're one, one fly act, across go the to country, maybe some of the other tents. Right. You know, you're not going to have these in all the time. But what's interesting is I was, where there's a little bit of a disconnect, I think, the chairman of the company, he's I think he's really more, he's like, I'm a techie. He's a former Microsoft guy. He's an angel investor. He's really hot on a lot of stuff. And I think he sees that in the future, this could be something that you could mm-hmm. conceivably wear longer. And right. and, and people would want to wear more. And in just the, the few minutes I had with him, I could kind of understand the appeal. 
And so it'll be interesting to see what they do with this and how they're able to, and, and especially when we're talking about the medical community and people with autism, I could see more people mm-hmm. wanting to wear them longer term. And so there will be considerations, you know, for comfort and for battery life. But it was, it's really incredible to me just, you know, from what, what I saw, just how much technology they were able to pack in these tiny buds that fit in your ears that are, that are good looking. It works really well. Um, and then, you know, the charging mechanism is super smart. I mean, the whole thing is just really smart. And, and what's interesting, you know, I, I asked the, the co-founder about this too. I was like, well, you know, would you ever consider adding like a, an earphone component to this so you could actually use this to listen to other music through stuff too? And, and he was like, no, 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 this is a live listening product. But when Ooh. I talked to the chairman, he kind of seemed to agree with where I was going, which is to say, I could imagine, you know, I've got headphones in my ears, either over my ears or in my ears most of the day. You know, I'm listening to music. I'm doing something. I spend most of the day like with some sort of headphone on. And if we are going to get into this space where this becomes a part of you, I could see it making sense Mm -hmm. where you're like, you're not going to have multiple pairs of earphones, you know, or earbuds. Like, you know what I mean? Like I wouldn't want to. Like most people have one phone. So like one really, really good pair of phones. Right. So I wouldn't necessarily want to have to take these out and put other things in to listen to stuff. So I could see down the line. You know, not not now, but maybe in a couple of years where they integrate something where you could pump in other outside sources, you know, because why would you want, you know, it's probably going to be, become like a, you know, you buy one ear product. But it's inter- what what's, was fascinating to this to me about this. And, and A, I think the Coachella integration makes a ton of sense because the audience who goes to Coachella, you know, they care about music. They care about more cutting edge things. Coachella has a history of doing tech stuff. They're going to have demos there. People will be able to pre-order them before they get to the show. And, and that way there'll be an onboarding experience and, and, you know, a, a way to set up before they get mm. there. It's not going to be one of those things where you show up and you buy them and then don't know how to use yeah. them. They'll have demos there, but if you don't buy them before you go to the concert, you won't be able to have them there, which mm. I think makes sense, right? Because you don't want to be at Coachella and trying to figure out a new tech product like that that's that, that's not a good experience for anybody can we can we talk about like there's so much innovation right now happening in the tech industry like with, yeah. with earphones overall i was looking at product the other day and i was amazed that they had to take this to kickstarter to get funding because it seems like something just so revolutionary so what it is is um you know, getting a really good fit for canal bud is something you have to go to an audiologist to get, basically, yep. right? Like they inject this stuff in your ears. So yep. what they figured out was this nanotechnology that you can get these earphones and then you can put them in your ear. It's like this putty. It forms there. And then you activate the app on your phone and they harden and form the shape while they're sitting there in your ear. So basically you buy this, right? It's a nano, uh, it's a nano uh, particle technology. So like, basically, I mean, think about that. Like, oh, I forget it. Uh, we'll find it for the show notes and put the link in there. But basically, yeah, you know, there's that, you know, I've seen a lot of innovation with like sleeping earphones. You know, a lot yeah. of people, including me, use earphones to fall to sleep. Because for me, it's the only way I can like not hear my husband snoring all night so right, well, you know well, this, but, this is one of the right. things they're talking about too like if you could Absolutely. like tune out your husband snoring with these things oh that would be great just like, like you could just have like soft noise yeah 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 
So I don't know. I, I feel like there's so much innovation to be had in this space. If you think about it, like, I, who are the real leaders in this field, right? Like, I mean, Bose, did they really put out like hardcore technology the other day? We got a, um, you know, a, I don't even know how you say it, Harman Carmen or whatever it is, you know, the really premium uh, speaker set. Uh, my husband got one of them uh, as a present from his law firm, right? And I got it. It was very, very mediocre. Like they're one of the, the top names in this field. So I don't know. I think there's a lot of innovation to be found here. The whole augmented reality aspect of it is so interesting to me because I think often we folk when we talk about augmented reality, we focus on what we're seeing. But sound is such a huge part of how we process the world. And I mean, when it comes to making videos, it is the number one most important thing. It's more important than the visual stuff. So this is such an underexploited area, I think. And the idea that you could just be experiencing something like, say, a movie or a concert and be able to alter that sound to either enjoy it more or to protect yourself, but without completely cutting yourself off, like with earplugs or giant muffling headphones or something like to still have that connection to the world that is huge and I hope that this goes really well yeah no I agree I mean and I think that I mean the the company you know they've, they've already they've raised at least 17 million dollars it might be more than that they wouldn't tell me how much they've raised um but they they feel confident you know that they have the, the tech there and they've, they've hired a lot of really good people but like I think you're dead on I mean this is what this got me thinking about was that when we talk about wearables and this is your your point too Brie like we talk often talk about the wrist we talk about you know the face we don't talk about the ears and I feel like that's this kind of untapped market, yet it's mm -hmm. this thing that we all use all the time and it's so important. Well, yeah, like when any VR demo that you're doing, you know, you have that big fancy headset and then they put a pair of regular headphones on you. Like there, there's so much to, to get into here. Yeah, although today Google did announce that they have an API now for spatial audio for um, nice. cardboard. Which will let people like be able to create sounds that you'll be able to hear in different places. So it'll be like when you're in stuff like this is coming from behind you or this is coming from your right or coming from your left. That is awesome. I mean, it also makes sense because, you know, we're focusing so much, I think, on eyes and like what you visually see as far as wearables go, right? Like with Google right. Glass and HoloLens to a certain extent. But that is almost the hardest technology problem to solve here, right? Like visual, if it's even the little bit of perceptive lag, you know, it's going to ruin the experience. You know, you've got the depth of field. It's got to figure mm -hmm. out all this stuff in the environment. Audio, it at least seems to me, is a much um, I think you can get away with that solve. more. Right. Yeah, because, yeah. Because, because your brain will, I mean, your brain will fill in stuff with, with, um, with, uh, visual stuff too you know it, it'll fill things in and, and and especially when it comes to frame rates and stuff it, it, but it, i think you're right you know you can have a lot more tricks with audio and i think to your point simone i mean audio is as much a part of the experience as anything else you know you you feel like you're there oftentimes and in fact i think that's often the key to a good vr demo at least in my experience and the, the difference that i've had between like a good oculus demo and a bad one has if i'm thinking if i'm being honest if i think about it it's probably the soundtrack like how good is that audio coming through because that does really come down to because i feel like if, if one of your senses is taken care of it, it feels to me like and i don't know if this is true scientifically or not but it feels like the rest of them will kind of fill in the pieces I definitely. But if you feel like you're being, but if you feel like you're not being taken care of on either end, then you're kind of like, eh. yeah. There was this one horror game that I played at PAX Prime, and it wasn't an Oculus demo; it was just um on regular on a TV. But they put this amazing pair of Bose headphones on me, and I could not hear a single thing. the The convention center just disappeared, and that was the most terrifying experience that I have ever had in a horror game. 
so yeah that it was it totally made the difference between just you know playing a regular horror game and then being terrified out of my wits well, I was going to say, you know, before we even started Rocket tonight, I was playing, um, you know, Fatal Frame on Wii, and that's all sound, right? Like, yeah. that's all mm-hmm. sound creating that atmosphere. Yes, and, yeah. And, you know, as we're working even on going, Red 60, that's yeah. you know, all we think about is sound. And design. I think having, like, you know, so the, incredibly important where these could be really interesting is, I, I don't know if, I guess the, the sensory perception of having your ears completely covered, if you could remove that but still be totally immersed in the soundscape, I think that that could hmm. present an interesting experience for players of games, game players, game gamers. Hmm. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Casper, our favorite online retailer of mattresses that you can get at a fraction of the price that you'll find in the stores. The stores that you slog to as your hot and sweaty and tired and you just want to be home in your bed but you can't be because you're looking for a new bed you need that mattress well that experience can go away now because casper is there with a website where you can find perfectly wonderful mattresses for a perfectly wonderful price and get them shipped to your house where they will expand in front of you like the stay puffed marshmallow man um ready for you to flop onto and sleep on happily. So Casper's mattresses, they are um, hybrid latex and memory foam, and they are wonderful. They ship free to your house and you can return them within 100 days if you decide that you don't like them. But you know, they're cozy and they're engineered perfectly for you. You can get a king-sized bed for only $950, a queen for $850, $750 for a full, and only $500 for a wonderful twin-size mattress that will, again, ship directly to your home and expand out of its vacuum-sealed package directly in front of your eyes, ready for a full night's sleep and rest. So, yes, if you want to take all the stress and the agony out of mattress buying... Um, do check out casper.com like I said before free delivery and returns within a 100 day period that's an excellent deal no matter how you spin it Uh, and if you are listening to this show right now which I suspect you are you can get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash rocket and using the code rocket that is easy to remember right oh my gosh so I'm I'm at the point in my career where just sometimes I get to the office and people have mailed me stuff, like out of the hopes I'll talk about it. You know, I, I want someone to mail me a Casper mattress because we have stairs at my house. Yeah, and I would just I do that all day. Like I would end up in the emergency us, room. You know, just, just like, like each down my five or so free mattresses. That would be awesome. But still, yeah. like, come on, guys. <laughs> right. Right. I'll just, I won't even unpack them. I'll just like line up the vacuum sealed mattresses and sleep on that. That's fine. That's fine with me. What would I? I'm very curious what augmented reality Simone would be like. Our that listeners like right now are listening nightmare. to Simone talking. Like, what would that be? Would just convert everything <gasps> yes. people say into like Simone singing? The no, words I think to it would them? take my laugh and like just boost the reverb <laughs> to like. <laughs> Maybe you could cut out my laugh completely. Like, imagine listening to this show. This is my ad read for Hear Earbuds. <laughs> imagine listening to this show and not having to hear my laugh, you guys. It would be weird. It would definitely be weird. No, that would be awful. That would bring us down to, like, one star on iTunes. Well, that would, that would be, be terrible, the listener's though. fault, frankly, if they're cutting out my that laugh on purpose. That would be awful. Purpose, and then rating us badly yeah. for it. You know what? Look, 
The responsibility is out of my hands, you guys. You can't blame me for this. Oh, oh God. Are we about to talk about we topic are. number two? Because I've been dreading this all week. I've been like, oh, I hope this doesn't oh, ruin Brianna, my career. Do you, oh, you want to like yeah. dive into it or do you want no, me to do I'm my... I'm so excited about this. Oh, you've been... I, why don't you set okay. the stage? So wonderful stage? pioneering tech reporter Ray Wong of Mashable tried out... <laughs> He's wonderful. Tried out some Naughty America VR porn on the Samsung Gear VR at Ray CES Ray! last week and did the most incredible write-up. Like, I I really felt what he felt as he was experiencing this. Um, so we talked about VR porn last year, and we thought it'd be an interesting time to revisit it. So basically, he did this tech demo, and it put him in the body of one of the porn actors, um, he tried both the, the male role and the female role. And it sounded like the most, for me personally, confusing and almost borderline upsetting experience. Yes. But then I watched the video that he did and he looked like he was having a fun time. <laughs> he was like panic laughing and I was like, okay, okay. It was hilarious. Well, I think he was a little freaked out, but 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 he was a little weirded out by it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, he was giggling like a girl. And let's get let, 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 awesome. let's uh, spoiler alert to the best part. The video was featured on the Tonight Show. A career Kong. highlight. But yeah, it sounded because it it is so realistic. Which I, I I don't know if I had really thought about what the viewer's role would be in VR sex before. I think I had been picturing it just as you watching a scene and like being fully you know three inches. 360 degrees immersed as watching like the lawyer. scene but you're not at least in this from this company yeah yeah and that to me is just mind-blowing he describes the moment of when the actress like comes in to kiss him and he recoils because he feels like she's right there about to touch him and he's uncomfortable with it which i would be too i was uncomfortable thinking about it but it's just it sounds really incredible and i even as a person who probably i imagine i wouldn't enjoy this I can't argue with the fact that it sounds very effective and I actually want to try it because it just sounds like an incredible alien yes. experience that I don't, it sounds really interesting. So I happen to have a gear VR in my office and you know, <laughs> like, and you're like, why not? <laughs> I, I'm a professional in this field. I have to survey the technology out there and understand yep. what is being done in the field. Um, so when you say you're baking lighting. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that's exactly right. You're on to me, Samantha Rushmore. That's know, why you're so you know. happy to have your workers um, out of the okay, office for Christmas. So, God, I'm so worried. Like this is gonna like get out on the internet. I'm gonna spend I have like a bad week getting attacked on Twitter. The podcast does get published on the all internet. Right. All right, look, all we right. all watch um, porn. It's not a big deal. <laughs> right, exactly. We're all adults here. Okay, so um, I have to say the process of installing this is horrific. It okay. is the worst process ever. So, you know, like you have to go to this um, porn site and you have to create an account and, you know, like uh, that wasn't so bad, but the actual process of getting it on my Android phone and getting it to work on my um, Gear VR, 
I actually worry that if I weren't a developer and weren't really familiar with Android architecture and how to sideload things onto it, side that load. I would not be able to finish. Yeah, sideload. Sorry, I, that I'm, wouldn't I'm, be able I'm a to child. figure this out. Yeah. Um, so the 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 instructions on uh, can we say the name of it? Naughty yeah. America's website um, are are really outdated. So you use the Milk VR player, and what it does is it basically um, it's it's surprisingly low tech. So it gets a um, uh, I think it's an MP4 file, and it's just basically splitting into two different sides of the screen. So as you look up, down, left, right, you're just um, like basically panning over parts of the video. And Simone, like you were saying, is super realistic. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, it is, it is like you're sitting there and you're, you're like watching this girl and she's in such high detail that like you can pick apart the, like her lip liner and like the way she put her lip liner on and analyze it. Like that's how like high definition everything is. Um, so I read a book on like talking about like food science one time and they talked about uh, the concept of super stimuli that don't exist in uh, nature. So basically like, uh, you know, chocolate chip cookie dough would be a super stimuli for food. I would say this is like a sexual super stimuli because it's so hyper realistic and exaggerated and in your face that you do really feel like you're in that moment. So um what, you know, the porn issues aside, this really, really got me thinking about a lot because at Oculus Connect this year, um, it wasn't just game people there. There are a lot of film people there. They're yes. very interested in in this. So it got me thinking, like, um, you know, my friend Cindy Gallup, she has, um, you know, a startup called Make Porn Not War, uh, which is about, like, porn for the female gaze, right? So what would this look like if it was for you know, more of a, a female audience instead? What would like um, romance novel porn in VR feel like? You know, um, I think there are a lot of really interesting applications there that we've barely started to, you know, touch the scratch the surface of. So very, very interesting. Yeah, no, I, I, I and, and what's interesting to me too is, is like you said, I mean, I, I think that not having experienced this myself, although it is available for Gear VR and for Google Cardboard. So if you have a cardboard viewer, which many people do, and you can go through the process of getting this stuff loaded on your device, these videos loaded, like you can experience what what they're doing. Um, I mean, I'm kind of interested, like from a, uh, there are a few things that interest me. One, how are they actually filming this? And and they were pretty cagey with Ray about what their process was, because I guess they, they think it's some sort of secret. I'm assuming that they're probably having two GoPros attached to people's heads and, and yeah. kind of creating a faux stereoscopic experience. I don't think they're using actual 3D cameras or anything. No, that's but, exactly what they're doing. Yeah, it's it's very low tech. So. Yeah, it, I mean, that's, yeah. That, that, that was my figuring. I was like, this is just the porn people not wanting to talk about what they do because they think it's super special. But really, like, it's probably just two GoPros <laughs> attached to their head. Right. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, so there's that. And then, but I think about like the perspective of like, when it comes to crafting this stuff, I mean, like, like your, like your friend, the things that they could do, like Ray's experience, he said, A, I was actually glad that they had a scenario where you could be the woman because a lot of times in these things you don't, you know, you'd be the dude and then that would be it because they think that their only audience would be men. Um, but Ray, I mean, maybe because he's, he's a man and isn't used to, to seeing he's a straight man. So he wasn't used to seeing these things. Like he said that like it was weird like being the woman it was kind of scary like seeing like the stuff like coming right at him it was kind of frightening he was like i'm not expecting this so i wonder like when it comes to you know crafting this like 
are there ways you can go about doing it so that it's not like overwhelming? Because I could see it being both like overstimuli from like a porn standpoint, like too much too soon. Guys are just like, oh, my, or girls are just like, oh my God, this is too much. Like I, I, I'm, I'm overstimulated. But I could also see it as being like, if it's not done the right way, where it could be really kind of a turnoff and be like, I'm frightened. Yeah, it definitely has that aspect behind it. It, it really does because everything seems so beyond close to your face. Um, it's, yeah, it's very, very disconcerting. So um, I don't know. I think it has a lot of applications. And I, I have to be honest, I can very easily see this um, really revolutionizing the porn industry. Um, I just, yeah. it's, 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 it's a very, very different kind of experience. So, so what is, yeah. so if it, oh, go. sorry, go on, Simone. I was just going to yeah. say, didn't he say that he couldn't really see anyone going back to just watching it on a screen after having experienced it yeah. that close up. Like, yeah. 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 It sounds like that kind of intense experience. Go on, Christina. I, I would probably agree with that. Yeah. So I guess my question with that would be is, is the, what does this say for, for VR kind of going forward? Because obviously, you know, we've seen before where the porn industry has been quick to jump on tech trends and, and, and tech formats and, and make or break them. People often cite the fact that VHS won against Betamax because of the porn industry. That's not completely true. Um, there was a lot of licensing stuff that went into that too, but it is true that it was definitely less expensive for them to make and mass produce VHS porn tapes than it was for them to do Betamax porn tapes. So that's one of the reasons that that, that VHS VHS adoption arguably was was greater. But um, like, but what does this say? I guess we're finally getting to the place where we're trying to legitimize VR in a lot of ways, and companies are still trying to do that. Do you guys feel like this hurts that cause at all? If one of the first widespread applications where you could see like a real benefits would be porn? Oh hell no, hell no! And I OC two this year, we were talking about you were a bunch of game devs, and we're sitting there, we're going. Gosh, we're thinking about investing a million dollars in this game, two million dollars in this game. The biggest problem is like, how do we get a return on investment with that? Like, how, what is the process that we get these devices into people's hands? Um, yeah, like this week with ordering the Oculus Rift, um, I've been going up and down and left and right on forums trying to figure out how to get the Oculus Rift to run on my Mac Pro. Like, it's very yeah. going to be very, very hard to get that into the hands of consumers in its current form. So anything out there that gets people to go, okay, I'm willing to go out and buy this and get one in my home is great for the industry because we're going to hit the problem with fragmentation because like you said, Christina, it's like, okay, you can go get Google Cardboard instead or you can get the Gear VR. Mm -hmm. Like it's a very, very fragmented market. Yeah. So um, I don't think it hurts legitimacy of it. I just think it's, I think it's a pure outcome kind of thing. Like whatever gets these into people's, um, you know, homes, I'm for that. I do have to say, I think you cannot underestimate the point which you just made that, you know, having this kind of content for both men and women, you know, Adi Robertson over at The Verge this week wrote a really, really good piece about like, hey, I'm a woman, I'm part of your audience, don't forget about me. How yep. like current VR content really, really ignored her. And I can say being on the developer side in the, the fight for resources and getting attention, it absolutely feels like that so um I, I i don't have a problem with that at all i think you know? in terms I don't, of yeah i mean of it getting a reputation for being you know a porn thing i think we talk about porn little enough in our society like it's so it's such a taboo topic that i don't think it's going to get the reputation of being like this is the machine where i watch <laughs> my porn would you like to put on my porn headset i that just <laughs> I, I think it's something that 
we would shy around talking about generally if even if it were a widespread use for it and there are so many other cool things that like even if this is a headset that you buy so that you can enjoy porn you're going to be showing other things to people on it being like oh this is look at this sick tech demo where i'm walking around versailles look at this um awesome vr game that i'm playing like that's i think what it will be what vr will be more known for just in in terms of engaging with polite public society i don't know i also don't think that really pornography has the taboo it did back in the you know vhs era i mean yeah you know, yeah i, I don't think same. it has the taboo like, you know it doesn't have the yeah. taboo i guess i uh, yeah and i don't it's mean definitely not the same taboo but at the same time you're not talking you know you don't come into the office and say hey i just watched amazing porn last night it's like, it's, 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 it's socially it's, acceptable i was gonna say i mean there, there's still a stigma and i'm definitely not trying to delegitimize or say there's anything wrong with porn because i'm i'm pro pornography if you if that marks your boat like i'm I all for too. it but yeah. but, 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 huh. but, but by the very fact of the nature that the, the fact that raymond's video of him giggling like a little school kid over this stuff went viral and was on Jimmy Fallon to me shows that we're still uncomfortable enough with it as a society that I guess that's just why I was bringing up the question because I wonder like you know when we're trying to do all these other things with VR and I don't and I agree with you guys I don't necessarily think it means a bad thing I just wanted to kind of raise the question what does it say when one of the first really viable concepts that we see with this is the the first real game changer is this is making my porn viewing experience a lot more immersive yeah, it's definitely interesting. And I wonder what the experience will be like on Oculus if they have an app or something for it, if it'll be easier than Brianna's well, experience you won't, well, on the Gear VR. Well, well, it'll actually be harder because you won't be able to get it in the Oculus App Store. You will have to sideload um, in, in that case. Like, you'll have to yeah. go through it. I know. You'll have to go through like like a, a backdoor process because they're not going to let it down their store, which makes sense. I mean, you know, Facebook is not going to be selling porn, uh, pornography. Yeah. They're just not going to, um, but there will be ways to do that. And in fact, there there have been people who've been doing Oculus, um, you know, porn like last year, and, and Complex has a video. And in fact, there are even things like we talked last year, you know, kind of about the you know um, uh, attachments and different you know connected sex toys. That has a component too, which takes you even further out of reality, makes the experience even more realistic. But you can kind of imagine what that experience would be like if you've got things that are now kind of working in tandem with the video that's playing. Yeah. And the experience yeah. you're seeing in your eyes and you got the oral experience, oral meaning um AU, not OR. And and like <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm trying so hard here you guys. Um but like, you know, you're doing you can so understand good. like in and you but you can understand that like the experience could be more realistic. But that's interesting, but then at the same time I almost wonder I'm like what does that say about like human sexuality and and the importance i think of of like having physical intimacy for a lot of people if you can kind of like replicate it in a certain extent like just in your own world like i don't i don't want us to have like a generation of people raised who just like stay indoors you know by themselves. <laughs> <laughs> i mean again uh, i'm all about self-love like, i'm not, I... not not down on that i'm just saying like you know what i mean like go out there too <laughs> would it be so bad though <laughs> <laughs> it can't be worse than Tinder. So. No, nothing is worse than Never having Shots used Tinder, fired. I don't know. Never having used Tinder, I don't know. But I, I will just take, go uh, follow the Twitter feminist Tinder for five minutes. It is so scary. Like, well, I've used it. My, when my friends like, have let me use it, it for them before, 
my when my friends have let me use it for them before and i'm always like both horrified and and even bumble the one that's like supposed to be like the female like friendly tender the one that the 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 the, the, the girl who worked at tender and, and had the terrible boyfriend um you know created like even that one seems like terrible like where only the women can initiate the conversation i had which- an experience with that i actually signed up for that because i i think i had thrown it out there as a topic like a, over a year ago or something okay i guess it would have been only a year ago because our show is a year old and i signed up for it to try it out in case we talked about it and then i had just this last like week a guy on facebook message me and say oh this is weird i but i found you on there and i was like no <laughs> abort 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 i had to re-download it and like to get in and delete my account and everything why did i forget it was traumatizing anyway yes go on so i just closing this topic out like do you all think that there would be a market for like the female experience of this because i was you know i was watching this and like when i watch porn like made for this kind of audience i'm just like overwhelmed by the stereotypes in it (laughs) and i was thinking about like how um yeah like i don't read a lot of romance novels even though i do really love the princess diaries um but (laughs) doesn't like what was i know right those novels are so good how how would do you think that like there would be do you think that if you made a really first cap class product that was the experience of like a romance novel that was more of a an emotional connection like a with sensual someone kind of yeah and you know of course like sex is part of any good romance novel oh of but course it, do you it, know it, what it, i mean I mean, this is why fan yeah. fiction is so popular because really, right we all right. just run a report is really what absolutely it comes down to. do you think there would be a market for that if you did it well i think it would be amazing i hope it would be a sort of build it and they will come moment yeah, because yeah. i know the the demographics that i think currently are associated with the oculus rift are not that demographic but again like we've said before we are you know on the ground floor of virtual reality here i think there if there is going to be a market for that it has to be created and publicized and you know courted basically so i I would hope so and i i definitely i would be very interested in experiences like that that would be amazing kind of like an fmv sort of deal yeah, no. Well, that that's the funny thing is that we talk about this and 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 it does kind of remind me of like the early days of like CD-ROM stuff where and and, and like kind of like the era of, of trying to do like immersive like first person like CD-ROM things from like, you know, like 20 years ago. Uh but now you could actually do it and really make it immersive. And I think that could be really interesting having like a choose your own adventure sort of love story thing could be really cool, yeah. especially if it was done yeah. well. Talk about yeah. getting it would be uh, it would be me and Sawyer from Lost and <laughs> Green on a pirate ship. And right. No, I mean, be, well, that, that right? would be kind of yeah. right. That would be amazing. You can kind of like experience those things like he leans in to like, <laughs> well, like kiss you or stroke of, you or whatever. And you're like, uh, nice. <laughs> speaking of Tinder, yeah. like a live action dating like online through vr oh, meeting someone horrible. through vr i know it does sound oh, horrible oh, but oh that's, but that's a horror you movie. could do it yeah you could but that's just horrifying because the thing is it's the whole thing especially about like tender is like you know like it, it's all about like okay who do you want to get down with right i mean it's, it's really it's, it's not a dating app it's like a hookup app like let's be real right yeah, yeah, like all my friends yeah. who use it like agree with that like nobody's actually looking for a boyfriend on tinder okay like, vr a girlfriend on tinder and well, exactly well so vr okay cupid but that's even more disturbing because it's like you know you put on the whole thing with online dating i, I think 
from what I remember of it, um, is, is like you put the best version of yourself out. Like you kind of want to like, this is who I am. You're using a photo that's like five years old and you look <laughs> so hot and your hair was totally on fleek and your eyebrows were killing it. And you're like, this is who I am. Look at me. Like you're in VR. Like, do you now create like a weird like body shape? Like, like this oh is who God. I am. You know what I mean? Oh, like it almost like feels like I would feel like I would be so um tempted to just create like the perfect version of me that like probably didn't look anything like me to be like yeah this is who i am and this is how we're gonna have our virtual date and then you finally meet up in person you're like you're not the person that i like virtually felt up last week like Like, nightmare second life experience yes (laughs) although i do think that for things like second life which could kind of make a comeback in the vr oh yeah I feel like that if Linden Labs isn't already looking at that, then they're stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how smart they are, to be totally honest. Um, I, I don't, you know, I know that there's still a, a, a small group of loyal Second Life users, but um, if they're not actively looking into into VR, then they are doing something seriously wrong. Definitely. <laughs> Any oh. final thoughts on VR? Watch Ray Ray's video. Yes, yeah, please seriously. Do. It'll watch be in the show video. notes. Do check it and out. And his article was actually really good. His write-up was really, really intelligent, and the video was just a ton of fun to watch. It, yeah, definitely. I can second that fully. So, <laughs> Brianna, you wanted to talk to us about the beautiful Rami Malek and Mr. Robot. We are not spending enough time talking. We have skipped dessert for far too long. We have. And that we have. changes this week on Rock. <laughs> so, <laughs> which, uh, which, which won a uh, best uh, um, drama series at the um, uh, Golden Globes. It did. It, it won at the Golden Globes. And Rami didn't win, but uh, Christian Slater won uh, best supporting actor or whatever. Nice. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, it, it kind of, people weren't really expecting it to win the Globe, and it did. Um, that doesn't guarantee that it'll get an Emmy nod or anything, because, like, last year the affair won, and it didn't, it got butt kiss, but um, it was a great show. But, um, but yeah, no, Mr. Robot is a super so, fun show. So, Christina, what gets me is, do you remember in 1994 when Sandra Bullock came out with that movie? With the net. The net. Yeah, I the do. Net. The net. Oh, you my know, God. The hacker. Film- or, or even Black Hat this year, which actually got a lot of the tech stuff right. But it's just emo and it's not, it, it's just not good, right? No, Mr. Mr. Robot Mr. gets it correct. Robot, it gets, it gets it all right. I've not seen anything so far that um, I feel like it got wrong. And, you know, something I've talked about very openly with press before is, you know, I've been to rehab for drug addiction. It gets the drug addiction part really 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 right like the feelings Mm. of it like every part of it and it's just it is such an amazing show for the tech for the soundtrack for the character development for the way the women hackers are built up as cool people absolutely it just it's so authentic we have to talk about we have to talk about how they label the episodes. So, for instance, episode one, this is yes. the actual title, is EPS 1.0 underscore hello friend dot MOV. Okay. <sighs> episode yep. two is EPS 1.1 underscore ones and zeros dot, MP, dot MPEG. Episode three is EPS 1.2 underscore D3 bug dot MKV. Like they use, and then like they have a different like file extension for each one, like and, and like QT, AVI, M4V, FLV, like ASF. Like it's perfect. And the thing wow. is, is that I love that because if you actually look at the episode titles, it's so funny. If you're downloading these things off of Usenet, not that I have or anything, <laughs> um, it's really, it's really funny because you're like, is this like, 
the episode title or is this the title of the file that I'm trying to download <laughs> as an MKV? Um, and and it, it turns out, you know, it's 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 both. It's the episode title. I love that they that they you're right. They get so much of the tech correctly to the point that there was one Linux command that they used that wasn't actually real, and someone actually like created. Um, a way to to make that Linux Love command it. like it it, it oh, for some extension, oh, and I think amazing. they actually made like a pull request. So like it might actually be like a thing in BSD now, which you can actually do. So like they get so <laughs> much of the tech so dead on the the hacker community. And the, and here's the thing about this, and you can speak to this too. Brie. You mentioned the net. You mentioned hackers. Like st- almost all the time, these movies about our culture get everything wrong. And so not only is it cool right. to see something get something kind of right, but to get it to see so much of it right. Like, and the thing is, is that it's so cool when it does because you're like, for the five of us out there who are enjoying it, who know it, we're like, yes, you know, it just, it makes you happy. Mm-hmm. It makes me happy. Do you know if they hired a consultant or? Oh, I'm sure they did. I'm sure, yeah, I'm they, sure did. they have plenty I, I of consultants. I love Sarah Michelle Geller's tweet where she was talking about how the, the executive editor of this show was on Buffy. And there was an episode of Buffy where he yeah. made himself like the coolest person in town. And now because he's producing Mr. Robot, he is actually the coolest person in town. <laughs> he's tweeting about that. But yeah, no, it's... um That's so great. I, I love it because when they hack somebody on that show, they don't like, ooh, I'm just going to like type some terminal commands and magically do it. Like you see him like writing a phishing scheme you see him like calling them and like finding out their security questions to like cheat their password i mean it's it's all it's all real life stuff in the way that it works but i feel like you know the point in the show yes is not even the tech stuff like that is the color of it that makes it cool no but no that's the the soundtrack and the character yep oh it's so good it's so good like i'm fascinated so the entire like the overarching plot is you have a, a group of hackers that want to basically, you know, spoilers, but they want to um, basically erase all records of debt. So we basically have like a wealth redistribution and like start society over. Mm-hmm. And like, how would you go about doing that? What would be the pragmatic steps a group would take? And it, it's really built around all these characters and their relationships and the way they're falling apart. It's just really, really good. I was just gonna say that both, the, both, both, both thematically and and like like you said from the music, like the direction. They've even admitted this was was an inspiration to them. It reminds me so much of Fight Club, which is one of my favorite films of all time. And and like, and, and yeah. this is like if Fight Club was kind of a TV show in a in a sense. And it, it's awesome. It's so interesting to me how some how how certain properties can capture that tone because so so often when you have the portrayal of technology it does go that hacker's route where it's yep. edgy and cool and everyone is wearing their neon and uh, have their spiked frosted tips and I don't there's a lot of I think nuance that gets lost when you're trying to capture something a that you don't understand which I think a lot of Hollywood writers, no offense, don't understand technology. No, they totally don't. Yeah. And um, yeah, so nuance that gets lost and then just in in trying to make something that is simultaneously like really nerdy and niche and is seen as really edgy. Like try that that combination of trying to present that on television just sometimes results in bizarre, just totally unrelatable things. Yeah. So it's really cool to see something like this that not that I have seen it. From what you have told me. You have to. <laughs> Which you, you have should. To, and I will. But you should. It's so good. It's Is so it on good. Netflix? No, but you're 
um it's not on netflix yet but i believe it's, it's coming to either netflix or hulu um but look it's but, like 15 dollars on itunes it's really yeah, worth it. Just buy 10 it. or 15 dollars we'll, 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 we'll it buy it yeah. for you something like they'll put together yeah, a fund but like it, it's no I can it, buy I'll, it. Let, I'll let I'll, I'll let you use my cable login and you can like log in and buy it but like or lo- you can watch it on demand but no but i mean it's um but i think to your point though you're right because the challenge of, a sh- of showing technology on, on TV, and this has always been the case, is that it's it's a hard thing to kind of visually quantify because some, so many things that happen are behind screen. So oftentimes you, mm-hmm. you go to these tropes of people, you know, typing things in that look like passwords and like, oh, look at all this, yeah. this weird animated text that's happening and you're getting sucked into this and all these 3D animations and all this stuff that really doesn't happen. <laughs> because a lot of stuff with hacking especially is kind of boring. You know, you're sitting from a terminal. You know, you're, you're asking people questions. So the fact that they were able to kind of turn it into a personality, like a, you know, like a relationship kind of driven show and kind of get into people, other people's struggles and take it into other areas, I think is interesting to make it kind of more of a character study. But also when they do show the tech, the fact that they're accurate with it and they've really managed to kind of i think like um trend that line where it's accurate but still compelling to watch in a, in a way that i've never seen on tv before you know um halt and catch fire which i enjoy on amc mm-hmm. yeah has tried and does a pretty good job for certain things they're they have a little bit of an easier time because they are depicting the 80s so there's the weird kind of nostalgia stuff that they can get to but even that you know they, they've struggled with certain things um I, I think kind of portraying how how certain aspects of that show work and in showing what's happening you know in an, in an action-oriented way before this i would say probably the best um portrayal of technology or at least how these sorts of things were coding for sure that i've ever seen in a movie or tv show was the social network and, mm. and the irony there is that aaron sorkin who kind of hates technology and like abhors a lot of things <laughs> with it did a really great job of like kind of showing what the process was like and kind of the way the narrator worked it really kind of brought you into the process more than you might think but this is this is the first tv show i've seen really kind of get the nerdy things i guess maybe the movie sneakers i would say did a really good job too um i think that that movie doesn't get a lot enough credit where credit is due for that and um but yeah i mean i I think that that it handles things so well and then the the acting is really good the characters are really good rami malik who uh, as we discussed in the pre-show is beautiful um, he's he's beautiful but he's also 34 and like he looks like such a baby like it's unreal like i know i look pretty young for my age but like he looks like downright like he looks like he's like 22 years old it's got like those it's beautiful maybe it's because his eyes his are eyes so freakishly are large massive. yeah and he's so pretty he's such a such a beautiful 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 person <laughs> have you both seen the you pacific know, he was no uh, i no, haven't seen I it either I I, but uh it's basically uh the follow-up to band of brothers that takes place in the, yeah. the pacific theater and apparently he is really really good in that i've been putting off watching it because the person who is trying to get me to watch it keeps saying oh you think band of brothers is sad watch the pacific you'll die <laughs> and i'm like okay you're really selling that to me i cried for a day after i finished band of brothers oh band of brothers was sad no i haven't seen the pacific but i've seen band of brothers mm-hmm. he was in a uh, paul thomas anderson's the master he had a pretty big role in that and he was in Until Dawn, which is a really interesting video game that does some of the best motion capture that I have ever seen, um, with along with uh, Brett Dalton, I think, who's on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Hayden Panettiere. It's the final girl. Sorry, I killed you, Hayden. But yeah, he's fantastic <laughs> in that. He the his his large expressive eyes really bring the save the cheerleader, save the world. Sorry, I was a little late. <laughs> and I had to do that. Sorry. Yeah, that was the uh, the seed of when my the cru- the seed of my crush on Hayden Panettiere was planted during Heroes first season. <laughs> I mean, uh, who didn't have? We all wanted to save the cheerleader, save the world, and then we found out that they were actually like together in real life, and that was kind of weird and gross. 
Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> so I have to say, there's a there's a movie, a game rather, he starred in called Until Dawn, which sold terribly. It did not sell well at all. I feel really sorry for the entire development team. But it's a it's a Revolution sixty kind of um, heavy rain style game where you make a lot of um, you know action inputs for the story, and it's it's it really is. It's like playing a movie on your PS4. Um, they are translating that game over to Simone. Do you know what they're calling Project Morpheus these PlayStation days? Whatever the VR. PlayStation. Yeah, you know, is it just PlayStation? Yeah. VR? Yeah, they're going to bring that um, over to it. I'm really looking forward to that. But just for his acting alone, because he's one of the main characters, it is more than worth the $60 that that mm-hmm. game costs. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, he's uh, like, I saw him in that before I'd ever seen Mr. Robot. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I don't know. That guy was kind of creepy. And then you see him in, in this, and it's just like unbelievably good. That so, game is really getting I don't know. screwed, I'm I think, by the, the perception that we have of what games should cost versus length. Yep. Like it's it's yep. a short game, but it is it's fully mocapped, uh, which yep. is probably why it costs so much. And it is is such an interesting, terrifying experience. Uh, we recently played it at uh, my Christmas party, actually, which was a great idea. Uh, passing around the controller from person to person while other people shouted what they you know their choice. Basically, for you know, if you have to choose, oh, go the safe path or go the fast path, and everyone in the room would like shout what they thought you should do, and then you you know try to go with majority rule, uh, which was really interesting for timed quick time events. You kind of you you get really acquainted with what your instinct is. What's up, Rihanna? Yeah. Well, like the game rewards you for standing still and holding the controller still. So I'm curious how many people lived in your ending. Okay. <laughs> uh, our ending was kind of disappointing, but that that's actually another yeah, really interesting yeah, thing yeah. about that game is that it really takes advantage of your instinct as a gamer to do what the screen tells you to do. And there are so many instances where what yep. the thing you should do is not press the button that it is offering you as a potential choice. And sometimes there are even cases where it'll offer you two buttons that you could press, two different outcomes, and the choice, again, is to pre- do neither of those things. And yep. that's it's such a, a, a mind screw for a gamer that's who awesome. is used to doing quick time events and just, you know, being really fast and on top of it to, like, take that moment to think, okay... I should just wait. I should sit here and do nothing. And it's it's kind of like psychological torture. It's wonderful. Um, I really enjoyed it. We had we had three people live, and um, unfortunately, oh wow, yeah, we did really good actually. The the final hit and penetrator didn't make it because the the, the no. hit boxes in that final sequence are so small. Like or yeah, the, the controller movement is so sensitive. We died. It was unfortunate, but we That's had poor Hayden. Yeah. <laughs> I was hey, so sad because she's so good. She's the best in that game. She's good on Nashville too. All right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I wanted to watch that actually. It's a good I have show. A for it. Anyway, this show, Mr. Robot, which I will look up now that I know that Rami Malek is in it and it is good and not cheesy. Um, sounds cool. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 on USA. Um, it's on on demand, and you can buy it on iTunes. Like we said, I, I it's coming to one of the one of the streaming services. I can't remember which one. Um, a second season will be on this summer, but no, it it was one of my favorite shows of the summer, and uh, my husband yeah. and I both like really enjoyed it. It's just it the the, the finale. I don't want to ruin anything, but the, the finale was one of those things. I was oh. like, oh my god! Oh. I was like, yeah, it was like wow. I've never binged a show that hard. Like I just I'm like it was Saturday. I'm like. I'm going to just try this. Like next thing I know it's like <laughs> five in the morning. And I'm like, no. You're like, what am going. I doing? 
<laughs> not oh. even making a murderer or whatever that's called. That's true. Oh, that, you know, that starts off so well. And then like, it's yeah. like four episodes too long. Uh, it's like and then four I get, episodes and I get, too long. I, I just get yeah. progressively angrier with every single person in the whole thing. I'm mad oh. at everyone. I'm mad at the oh. filmmakers. I'm mad at the everyone. guy. I'm mad at the justice system. I'm mad yep. at everyone because there's no innocent yep. party in this thing except for the victims. Um, yeah. What about his lawyer? His lawyer is pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, I, I don't hate his lawyer. I mean, except he's sort of ineffectual. <laughs> So that that's sort of my problem. Yeah, that's yeah. what my view was. I mean, lawyer. failed. Like, so, I'm like, yeah. you didn't do your job, dude. Like you you had one job. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And 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 it, oh. who I really feel for in that, just my brief tangent is is that his his the the woman who um who was raped um who you know um he was oh. obviously falsely convicted yeah. of that, but who she thought that you know she's had so much guilt and remorse that she shouldn't have. You know, it was yeah. it's not her fault yeah. that he was convicted, and it's not her fault that the no, way that the lineup was done that they showed the same person in both lineups and. Of course, she was going to go with the guy she saw in both lineups. You know, like she, it's not her yeah. fault. But yeah. she, and I, I feel like with all this stuff, like even though people have been very clear and they were very clear in the documentary or in the show, you know, that it's not her fault. Like she's come out and said things, and it's like, I, I feel, I, I feel for her. She's like, she's the one I, I have real compassion for, not him. I have compassion yeah. for her. No, all right, that's, that's fair. That's fair. If I had a job offer in that county, I would not take it. I would, I wouldn't drive to <laughs> no. that county just to risk it. I would. Uh, yeah, I mean, like you know away. what? No, I'm Maybe not going to do this. Does 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 the bad things happen? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Oh my god! Awesome. We'll see All right. There. So, what are we up to this week, Brianna? Crunch. Crunch. Uh, I'm I'm Quote working unquote, on polygamy. Actually, um, I'm baking lights this week. I am. Uh, I'm actually working on a piece for Polygon tomorrow. I've got. Uh, it looks like I'm gonna have two pieces out soon. The first is gonna be. Um, you know, a question I get all the time is, um, how can I teach my daughter to code? So we're going to go through some of the products, uh, on the market to teach your daughter to code. Nice. Uh, the more interesting one is I'm going to talk about, um, you know, virtual reality is really poised to make the, the same mistakes that the, um, the, the video game, um, you know, industry made in 1985, uh, in 1985, Nintendo made a very conscious choice that they were only going to market to boys. Um, and VR is really poised to make that exact same mistake over again. And this is, uh, it's systematic. It's with VC allocations with who is invited to speak at Oculus and Dice. Um, mm. It's a, a really big problem with women kind of being shut out of VR. So um, I'm going to have a, um, a pretty lengthy investigative piece on that uh this can be coming out really soon so that is what i'm working on nice christina what about you oh i've just got a bunch of uh, stuff you know kind of in the works we're back from from ces so everything from that is done um i actually have a piece going up uh tomorrow or today as you're listening to the podcast um that i wrote kind of about the perils of of the smart home um kind of an analysis piece about the fact that like maybe like why these smart devices and connected gadgets and internet of things things haven't taken off as as well as we might have expected and and kind of the genesis of that was you know last week at ces like my favorite thing that was there actually was like this five thousand dollar samsung smart fridge and i love this fridge like i want this fridge like i want it to be mine but if i'm but when i was thinking about it even if i had the room in my apartment in brooklyn for this fridge which i do not um, I, I should note. Um, and even if I had the $5,000 to spend willy-nilly on a refrigerator that did not belong to Yolanda Foster on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which <laughs> I do not, her fridge actually is the greatest thing ever, um, I don't think that I would buy it. And the reason why is because I have no confidence that Samsung will actually support this thing 
more than two years down the line. Oh. And so you start to think about like what happens when these gadgets need upgrading. You know, you spend five grand on a fridge that's got all these smart connectivity features. Then what happens when the API endpoints to services to Google services stop working or they stop, um, you know, supporting the app that lets you yeah. see. Oh, gosh. You know, the, that sounds the, really um, interesting. The, you know, and and what kind of kicked that off is I was thinking about that with the fridge. I was like, you know, this fridge is going to obsolete itself. And yet when we buy appliances, you know, you buy them for a decade. You're not buying it for like, I'm going to replace it every couple of years. You know, that that's not why you're buying these things. So what happens when yeah. these things either end up breaking down because they're not getting updates or even in the, and that's before we're even getting into issues like security like what if, what if there's like a security concern and the company just doesn't care anymore like is this safe to have this connected on your internet probably not um but then thinking about like there was a story today apparently this happened over the weekend where a bunch of nest thermostats just went offline there was an update over the new year that um made some of them just stop working so people were waking up to cold houses and and you know wow if, if you're depending on where you live like nick bilton's house he was complaining that it was like 64 degrees in his baby's room okay cry me a river i realize you live in southern california but like that's not that bad but like imagine if you live in like an area like i'm in new york city and depending on what day of the week it is you know it could be really frigidly cold out and so you wake up and there's no heat on and literally you can't get this thing to manually override it's not working and your solution is basically you know wait for their software update they have a ridiculous process to maybe try to get it to work again or you're forced to go to the store and buy a 25 dollars thermostat so it like makes me think about like why these things haven't caught on and maybe if it's because like they just they haven't solved either the upgrade problems which is their you know people aren't going to upgrade these things the same way that they upgrade gadgets like their phone and also like if they're going to be smart can they still act as a normal device even if they're not connected from the world and what does it mean mm -hmm. if they can't wow that sounds so that'll be out tomorrow yeah that's going okay tomorrow cool i will be there yes yeah, so it'll be waiting. it'll be it'll, it'll be it'll be up the same day as as our podcast is up so you can read it on on mashable.com now um i'll send you a, a link when it's up tomorrow so we're steven so we can put it in our show notes awesome but. yeah i'll pop it over his way I had I had an interview with the lead writer of Assassin's Creed go up yesterday, yeah. uh, which was the greatest awesome. thing. Uh, that was really exciting for me. It's been a source of great anxiety over the last weeks of my life. But it was about um, basically why people shouldn't overlook Jacob's storyline. Uh, we've talked a lot about Evie, as we appropriately should, because she's an amazing character. But I hear a lot of people kind of saying uh, Jacob was boring, he wasn't as interesting, there wasn't as much going on there. And I I found a lot, I got a lot out of his storyline and I wanted to talk to Jeffrey about what his whole plot was really about and how he really stands in as an avatar in many ways for millennials who are experiencing societal, what they perceive as, well, what is a societal injustice and how we deal with that and the power that we have as young people with the internet to get our voices out there and change things and then how that applies to Jacob's arc in Assassin's Creed in which he is you know doing the same thing but in many ways kind of having a mid a, an early 20s crisis life crisis where he destroys England um and it was really interesting he was wonderful to talk to I think there are some there's some wonderful, wonderful quotes from him in that article so check that out on remeshed.com not pixelkin um, yeah, and so Brianna, where can we find you online? Space Cat Gal. Siri just turned on and she recorded everything I just said. I love Why, Siri. Siri. <laughs> Space Cat Gal. Okay, Christina, what about you? 
I'm film underscore girls on the Twitter and on Peach, the new social network, which obviously oh, no. does not matter. That oh, we, did not we should have to talk, talk about, about that. that. We should have <laughs> talk about Peach. <laughs> we got to talk about it so, next week. Next week. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it next, next week. week. <laughs> Who knows? But I'm Christina on Peach. <laughs> i did i did get christina um true story one of my co-workers has gone on a peach squatting spree including he's even squatted on the names of some of our competitors which is amazing no. <laughs> uh, awesome. that's great amazing. but yeah i'm film under I'm, I'm film underscore girl on, on most of my social networks or christina on peach cool you can find me on twitter at doom quasar um i need to make i totally forgot to make a peach account i need to make one and get doom quasar do. right now don't take yeah, it from because me. I don't take it from her. Do it right yeah. now, Simone, before this goes out. <laughs> I'll do it, and then I'll change my Skype photo. Okay, thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of Rocket. Please do rate us on iTunes if you enjoyed it. Leave a review if you would like to. We would love that. And, um, yeah, terminated. Terminated. Terminated.